The man who would eventually be Goldust first came to prominence in the old NWA, in the literal and figurative shadow of his father, the legendary American Dream, Dusty Rhodes. Constantly compared to his father and sometimes teaming with him, young Dustin Rhodes was always, always discussed in the context of his dad. He was twice the athlete that Dusty was, but he struggled to cultivate a persona that didn't rely upon his relationship to his famously charismatic father. He had a good amount of success as both a tag team and singles competitor, but nothing approaching the legacy of Dusty. Dusty had been the Hulk Hogan of the NWA, the biggest hero of the 1980s, and a southern working class icon. Dusty also had a brief WWE run, however, one where he had essentially been a comic relief character. People still remembered Dusty, but his legacy cast a much shorter shadow north of the Mason-Dixon line. There, Dustin could start fresh, which he did in 1995. He was given the character of Gold Dust, a figure diametrically opposed to his dad's down-home heroics. Goldust wore a shimmering, full-body jumpsuit and covered his face in gold paint, making him resemble a living Oscar statuette. Outside the ring, he swathed himself in garish golden robes and feather boas, and he crowned himself with a platinum blonde wig. He combined this unique aesthetic with an overtly flirtatious attitude toward his opponents, adding a kind of weaponized homophobia to his array of mind games. Effeminacy has been a tool in the kit of the wrestling villain for a long time, but Goldust was different. He was an aggressively gay character, but unlike many other wrestling villains coded as gay, he was not diminished as a physical threat. He didn't prance, he didn't cower. He remained a six-foot-six Texan brawler, albeit one willing to send an opponent roses or nuzzle up against him mid-beating. At his least threatening, he felt like an unbashable drag queen. At his scariest, he was a criminal minds villain. Today on I Hate Wrestling, it's Gold Dust. Never forget the name. Nicole, welcome to the podcast. Hi, Matt. Thank you for having me. You know, uh, thank you for being had. Um, <laughs> which is not to say that I've tricked you in some way into being on the podcast. Okay, I was going to say, we could go a couple ways with that. <laughs> <laughs> it's early in the show. It. It's early yeah. in the show, and things are going to get uncomfortably sexual. Although, not, awesome. not uncomfortably heterosexual, I should say. Even better. Even better. Uh, so... This is, I think, one of the first times that we've spoken sort of using mouth sounds. Yes, uh, I've heard your mouth sounds on videos and on the podcast, of course, because I do listen. You, um, you do listen to the one that I've posted publicly so far. I listen to it, Matt. <laughs> okay, yes. well, thank you. Thank you for listening, and I'm glad you enjoyed it. Even though you didn't explicitly say that you did, I'm going to assume. I did enjoy it. Okay, excellent. Thank you for inferring that. Yeah, so, Nicole, we've known each other for what now? Is it uh, almost three years, I guess? Yeah, I guess it has been that long. And we we originally met through the dearly departed Dirge magazine. R.I.P. R.I.P. Rest in power, Dirge magazine. (laughs) Rest in power slams. That's a wrestling move. I don't know what it is now. It is a wrestling move. A power slam. A power slam is like a regular body slam, except you sort of. Are more uh, powerful. Well, you muscle the guy over. Uh, you know, a regular slam, you just sort of uh, pick them up from like mm-hmm. one arm between the legs, one arm on the shoulder, and just kind of yeah. flip them over. And the power slam is like a bi- a big arc where you kind of flip your whole body and drive them down on the way. Oh shit! Yeah, then rest in power slam, dirge. You know, Gold Dust has a sick power slam, which we're going to see in this match coming up. Yes. Uh, Do it. Prescient. Yes, you, you just you sensed it. You've got a deep spiritual connection to our friend Goldust. Apparently. Uh, but we'll get to Goldust in a second. First, I want to ask you if you have any, any sort of background at all with professional wrestling. I do a little bit. Um, kind of like on your one other episode that I've heard, um, you talked about, you know, the great 90s wrestlers, Stone Cold and The Rock... And, the of course, Ma- everyone knows Hulk Hogan. Right, the Mount Rushmore of professional wrestling, right? Exactly. Um, so I know that, and my best friend growing up 
was a huge professional professional wrestling fan and I used to watch it with her a little bit but I never really got super into it um but I can do the eyebrow like The Rock can on both sides. On both, and this led well, to me being called The Rock's girlfriend. On both sides, school. I think you just look surprised. Well, one at a time. But okay. Like, <laughs> no, otherwise it's just like a <gasps> face. No, I mean separately. Okay. But but I can do that eyebrow. Okay. And so the people's you know, eyebrow, yes. Yeah, the people's eyebrow. In middle school, I was called The Rock's girlfriend. Um, well, you should have stuck with The Rock because he's very successful these days. I know. I was so young. <laughs> you, were so, you were young and I foolish. I didn't know any better. <laughs> and, you, you know, and everybody said you were crazy to be dating a 30-year-old Samoan man, but... In the sixth grade, In I the know. sixth grade. <laughs> I was just smarter than everybody. You know, The Rock... You know, we don't talk about that a lot. The Rock's sort of proclivity for sixth graders. No, I can't say that. <laughs> the Rock, by all accounts, is a wonderful man. I'm so sorry. If you're I listening, him. I'm trying Blaine, to. You're wonderful. I'm trying to make a career here in, in the entertainment field, and I'm burning bridges with the biggest fucking star on the planet. Okay. <laughs> I am so sorry for what I've done. It's it's entirely my fault. Uh, so but, I found that yeah. most I found that most people seem to have at least some background, at least some cursory knowledge of professional wrestling. Yeah, so I I would watch matches with her sometimes, and actually her favorite was Mick Foley. Yes. So I know. Mick Foley and uh, Sacco? Is that the name? Mr. Sacco! Yes! I knew you'd have an impression. Of course, that's my Mick Foley, which um, I didn't really know that I had, but here we are. See? You're welcome. Um, but, yeah, she was a huge Mick Foley fan. And then recently, well, when it came out and now the new season, I've been watching Glow on Netflix. Everyone loves Glow. It's amazing! <laughs> I binged the first season in like a day and binged the second season even faster and then Netflix in its infinite wisdom recommended um, the Glow documentary that came out in like 2012, 14, somewhere in there. Right, which I think basically inspired the show. Exactly. So I watched that the other night too and I got really emotional over Mount Fiji. Yeah. And then I looked her up and she did pass away this year. Yeah, recently. Yeah. Yeah, it was very upsetting. Yeah, um, yeah. I did. I am trying to get. Uh, I'm trying to get a glow episode together because one, you hit your wagon to a, to to something big, right? Absolutely. But here's the thing: uh, the real glow was kind of so bad it's good. Yes. So I don't know. I, I'm gonna have to dig deep and find something that's like for real good. <laughs> <laughs> Fair. Well, if you find that, I will totally talk to you about it because I think I need to start watching old glow matches just because I love the series they base it off of so uh, so much and watching the documentary I was like oh this is so good you know who else is a glow fan of like like old school glow who it's Jinx shock yes our our our, <laughs> our very good mutual friend Jinx Strange who's also going to be on the show at some point and was the uh, the the editor in chief of Dirge magazine and the the man who uh, we sort of met through I guess and yeah, he'll occasionally uh, pull out a very deep cut glow reference, Hollywood and Vine or something, or uh, Farmer's Daughter. Yes, I saw that in our chat the other day. I was like, oh my god. Yep. But I when see when I think of Farmer's Daughter, that's the name of an ice cream stand <laughs> in my hometown. <laughs> so when he's like, oh, Farmer's Daughter, I'm like, oh god, I could go for some soft serve. <laughs> well, who couldn't go for some soft serve? <laughs> right. So. Actually, I just had some lovely ice cream today. It was uh, uh, ube, which is apparently what? a tropical fruit of some kind. Sure. It was very good. Fancy ass. No one cares yeah. about that. I shouldn't have brought it up. <laughs> I care. I well, love ice cream. Well, sure, but why am I get, I'm making myself more work. I'm actively making myself more work by going off on tangents when I'm the stupid fucking idiot who has to cut all of them out. <laughs> well, we're establishing a rapport is what we're doing. I'm sure you're nervous. I'm sure you're nervous. This is your first podcast, Nicole. Yeah, I've never done this before. Be gentle. <laughs> Sorry. It's fine. Uh, again, what is... Yeah, for a lot of cackling. Yeah, yeah. Well, there's, there's going to be a lot of that from me, too. 
I, I, Perfect. I'm the one looking at this recording app, and I constantly see uh, see the sound spiking when I'm laughing, and I feel so bad for all the poor listeners because that's going directly into their ears. <laughs> we like it, or we wouldn't listen. Well, that's good. Uh, so you've got some experience with pro wrestling. What do you have any sort of? What do you think of when you think of pro wrestling? Oh man, um, I think I appreciate it more now than I did as a child, just because of the theatricality of it all. And yeah, I think of a lot of bad acting <laughs> and crazy costumes and outrageous claims which I guess goes with the theatricality but a lot of just like I'm going to completely wreck your world and break your spine and shove it up your mother's butt and like <laughs> okay <laughs> alright man whatever I guess I like, signed up for this I just work here like right. we we work at the I'm same the janitor yeah we work at the same wrestling company and like right? our names are just on we're we came in today, and our, both of our names were on the whiteboard because we're supposed to wrestle each other because we're both wrestlers at the wrestling show, and I don't actually dislike you, so can you please calm down? Right. Well, how did my mother's butt get involved in this, dude? <laughs> can it not? Can you please? How about a little decorum? I really, I really, want, I really want a neutral pro wrestler who just is here, <laughs> like a punch clock wrestler. I'm so into this. Uh just you know he's uh he's here he's he's here to do some some wrestling and after that like he's gonna take his kids to friendlies exactly <laughs> it's just a job just man like, i'm done it's just a job man <laughs> man you know they got that lobster deal at red lobster i gotta go i gotta get the fuck out of here some mashed potatoes calling my name got that garlic like. butter i love that the wife and kids love that <laughs> you're right it's we're gonna pick up grandpa seniors discount it's perfect it also, I also always think of It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia, one yes. of my favorite TV shows. Yes. And the, all their pro wrestling, which they talk about it more than you think. Yes. And they have that whole episode where they do it, and their whole thing is like, it's about theatricality. Yes. And I'm like, yes, exactly, because they're the birds of war, and they have that whole song and dance entrance. Birds ah! of war. Birds, birds <laughs> of war. And they're clapping. Yeah, yeah no, that's, an inter- that's interesting that you uh, bring it up because I just recorded an episode yesterday about uh, old-school British wrestling from the 70s, which is as far from all the stuff that we're talking about as you could possibly get. There's, like, no theatricality. It's all very, very sport-focused. And, you know, there's... It's like a Guy Ritchie movie? (laughs) No, it's more... uh, It's much more (laughs) proper than that. This is 1970s Britain. It's like... Like when, you know when Monty Python would make fun of like proper British people? Oh, yes. It's like that's who's in the audience for this show. <laughs> and, the, yeah. and instead of like all of, the, all of the pomp and circumstance and pageantry and really theatrical sort of villainy, the villain is just like a guy who's impolite and like a little, <laughs> a little bit flashy. And he does things that are like, like he'll take a shortcut that's not necessarily cheating. But the people are still like, oh, uh-huh. I didn't care for that. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. And it's it's I interesting. It's interesting to see where the bar is for sort of different uh, different audiences because it is tailored to the audience, right? And I, I guess that brings us back to Gold Dust because uh, Gold Dust, whoa, he's he's something else, isn't he? Yeah. From what you've seen of him so far, yes. When do you think this match took place? Well, I already clicked the link, so I already know when it actually took place. Okay, so before you click the link, when you just saw sort of what Goldust was saying to, he was going to do to his opponent, Razor Ramon, when did you assume the match took place? Well, I assumed it had to be sometime in the 90s, because he quotes like Sleepless in Seattle, which makes no fucking sense. <laughs> True. He I'm going to threaten you with a Sleepless in Seattle quote. I'm going to take you out for a nice time and a nice dinner before I shove your spine up your mother's butt. Like, what? Yes. So I I assumed it had to be... I I couldn't remember exactly when the movie came out, but I figured it was late 80s, early 90s. It was 93. So my hunch... Yeah, so my hunch was like early 90s, early to mid-90s. So the thing is, the super 
like the super sexualized, super raunchy, like post Beavis and Butthead, post mm-hmm. because that was a big thing in late nineties wrestling was like suck it and Stone Cold Steve yeah. Austin with his middle fingers and all that. Yeah. So right, and all that stuff was very much post South Park, right? Post Beavis mm-hmm. and Butthead, post Jerry Springer. There was a lot of coarseness for coarseness's sake in popular culture at that time, and wrestling was on that bandwagon. But this is before that. This is 1996, very early 1996. Right. Which, in pro wrestling terms, they were still, like, Saturday mornings at this point. Oh, wow. So Goldust is, like, all the other villains are very much like, boo, I don't like kids. I'm a mean (laughs) clown. There was a mean clown character, right? And who actually, I love Doink the Clown. He's a great character. But there were, you know, there wasn't, there was just, like, Big mean man, make scary face. Like, that was the sort of depth of your villainous characters. Right. And then into this sort of Saturday morning, they're like He-Man villains, you know? Like, no real bite to them, just like kind of generically bad Ah. people. Right, like, meh. Right. (laughs) See? (laughs) Definitely kids. (laughs) (laughs) So, into this world, you get Gold Dust, who's like, who's basically like, I'm going to, I'm going to fight you. And then, I'm going to suck your dick. Isn't that weird? And <laughs> you kind of like it. Right. Like it's it. fucking insane. Like, can you imagine introducing this level of free radical into a Saturday morning cartoon world? It's like, it's like, hey, hey, this is He-Man and the Masters of the Universe. Uh, we're calling to complain because Skeletor hired a guy who keeps sexually harassing us, and it's weird. <laughs> like, what? Well, Last week, they were just, like, trying to get into Castle Grayskull, and this week, he tried to smell my, my harness. <laughs> so, Goldust yeah. represents, like, a real shock to the system. You know who he reminds me of? Who's Sorry, that? this just clicked. It's fine. It's around the same time. Powerpuff Girls came out. I think it was, like, 96 or 97. Him! Yes! Yes! Exactly. It's very Him. Yes. Where it's just like weird and kind of sexy and you're a little kid and you're watching it and you're like, the fuck? But also, <laughs> huh? Right, he's like a... You could also know, but maybe? Right. No. He's like, well, there's also, uh, well, also him has a lot of Dr. Frankenfurter yes. in him, right? So there's a lot Which of that, a lot of that in Goldust jam. too. Yes. Right. And I know that, I know that's your jam. And that's one of the reasons that I, I thought that Goldust would be a good fit for you. Also because of your uh, your, your well-documented uh, sort of involvement with, with drag and, and your fondness yes. for, that, for that subculture. And Goldust, there's a lot of that going on with him. Oh, yeah. Um, but let's, let's talk a little bit more about the homework. What did you, what did you think about, about that particular interview? Again, the thing that was the weirdest to me, it wasn't the makeup, it wasn't the gold. Well, you're used to that. Face, Right. And I expected <laughs> that from a guy named Goldust. Like, if you're not painting gold, get the fuck out. Like, right. Not into that. Not even the boa, like, none of it. I was like, yes, this is all, like, wrestling theatrics. I get that. It really was the fucking quote that he used. <laughs> it was like... Sleep us in Seattle is something about, like, taking you by the hand and that instant connection you feel between two people. Sleep us in Seattle. 1993. Yeah. <laughs> like, what? <laughs> yeah. So that's, so that's the thing, right? Goldust is so wrapped up in, one, the, the sort of uh, drag queen theatrics and also, yes. like, the classic Hollywood pageantry. And he's, like, writing a movie and he's using this rivalry as like a meet cute. Yes. Right? And he's just like, from the moment that our hands touched in the ring, I knew that there was a destiny. Right. And that's the sub <laughs> and that's the subtext. Yeah. Now, the guy that he's the guy that he's fighting is Razor Ramon, who is a who is a well established star at this point. Uh, do you know anything about Razor Ramon? No. Okay, so Razor Ramon uh, is doing like a Scarface gimmick. Okay. Um, he's uh, he later became Scott Hall, but he kind of came to prominence as Razor Ramon, doing like a bad Tony Montana impression, like Chico. Something happened to my gold. Something bad happened to you, bro. <laughs> like that was his whole thing. And they would always say Vince McMahon would be on commentary and would be like, oh, Razor Ramon. Some would say oozing machismo. 
and they would always like lean on that like the the oozing machismo and he would have you know the thick chest hair like body oil like in the backstage segments he'd have his hawaiian shirt all the way open and the chains right and this guy is the guy that gold dust is gonna target like traditionally masculine oh god i love it right and it's uh, it's such an interesting it's such an interesting choice one because it makes sense right razor ramon is an established guy you're bringing in a new a new character in gold dust and you want to you want to quote unquote give him the rub right you right. want that star power to rub off on him but also gold dust literally wants to rub one off on razor ramon apparently <laughs> yes <laughs> which really plays with that sort of I mean, gold. Uh, in this case, you think you've got to think of of Razor as sort of standing in for the the conventional masculine, uh, you know, ideology of pro wrestling, which is you know, I'm more of a man than you are. I'm manlier than right. you are. And you have Goldust in here, who's like, I like that you're a man. <laughs> I really like that you're a man. I like how manly you are, and I'm still gonna beat the shit out of you and be really weird about it. Yes. So, yeah, Goldust is, is, is an amazing character, and he has, you know, we might get into this a little bit, a long history in the professional wrestling business. His father was the American Dream, Dusty Rhodes. His younger brother is, uh, is Cody Rhodes, now known as the American Nightmare, huge star in Japan and all across the world. And Goldust is still his own thing. Just, oh, yeah. Just his own thing. You know what else it just struck me he reminds me of? He reminds me of an Adam West Batman villain. Yes! Right? Which, as you know, I'm a huge Batman nerd. Yes. I fucking love Batman. I grew up watching the Adam West, Burt Ward yes. show after school, like, every day. I've seen every movie. I fucking love Batman. And Well, specifically, it's the Adam West version, right? Like, that camp. Oh, yeah. Goldust is camp, camp, camp all day long. You could, you could picture Goldust striking up an alliance with uh, fucking uh, Vincent Price as Egghead. Right oh my God, to yes. take on uh, to take on Batman. Also, the Adam West Batman show, very gay in its own right. Incredibly. Curious stirrings in my utility belt and sliding down the poles. Bat pole. Bat poles. Yes. So, yeah, it, it would make sense that there's a, there's a sort of connection there too. Absolutely. You know, he'd team up with the Riddler and be like, you know, we hit a bomb in the Ank Bay. <laughs> Where is it? <laughs> Batman runs oh. around and Gold just just like body slams him on the way or something. And Batman, I don't know. I've been inside your cave, Batman. <laughs> and Batman I has planted to like, a bomb. Batwatootsie his way out. <laughs> I planted a bomb deep, deep in the yes. Bat Cave. <laughs> God, I want this to be real. Uh, we'll 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 make this happen. You know they're making okay. they're writing a Batman. Uh, Batman 66 comic now. So we could get Goldust in on that. Oh my god. And yes, campaign. Let's no, start like a Kickstarter or some shit we gotta do. Now that I, now that I mention it, um, there is a, an even bigger connection, which is, uh, I mentioned Goldust has this much younger brother, Cody Rhodes, who's a, who's a yeah. big star now. For a short time, Cody Rhodes was sort of doing a Goldust, uh, I guess, kind of parody, kind of knockoff, kind of... Thing called Stardust, oh. and his inspiration. Uh, Cody Rhodes is also a huge Batman nerd, and his inspiration for Stardust was 100% Frank Gorshin as yes. the Riddler. I'm so into that. Yeah, it was so good, and I would, I would love, I would love to see a a, a Gold Dust Stardust team up against Batman and and Robin. That would be so amazing. That would be wonderful. This is what dreams are made of. And that's exactly that's another thing Goldust might say. <laughs> it's a, it's a, the Maltese Falcon. Nineteen thirty-seven. <laughs> is it nineteen thirty-seven? I don't know. It seems a little I think early. So. Around then. No, it's thirty-nine because Casablanca is forty-two. Um, ah, fuck. Whatever. Goldust. Goldust is gonna burst into my room and beat the shit out of me now for misremembering that. Right. Beat the shit out of you. Yes. <laughs> so what is so. You've seen a little bit of Goldust. What do you what do you think Goldust is going to do in this match? What is your I mean because what do you imagine Goldust wrestles like? I mean, 
I, I think my hunch, knowing more effeminate people, queer people, all sorts of things, you expect them to be very much like, oh, like prince-like, like a velveteen dream or something, where you imagine, or like the, um, the sketch with Prince playing basketball. Yes. Where you're like, oh, God, he's going to be like, you know. Game. Blouses. Blouses. Like, yes. Right, he's going to be terrible. He's in, like, high heels. He's going to suck. And then he just beats the shit out of you. Yeah, I think the line in that is like, he didn't even take his earrings out. <laughs> exactly, yeah. <laughs> but, uh, I'm expecting Goldust like, not even take the boa off. Like, maybe strangle him with the boa. Just, like, go in hard. And that's the thing. It's, you're not going to expect that from him because you're assuming that he's going to be all, like, genteel or, like, you know, more reserved somehow. But really, he's probably going to beat your ass in in a couple different ways. <laughs> First one, then the other, then the other again. Exactly. But, yeah, your your instinct is 100% right. Goldust, which I don't know if you could tell, that you probably couldn't tell this from that video, but Goldust is six foot six. Holy fuck. No, you could not tell. It was he's very... A- Uncomfortably close on his face. Yeah, but he's he's six foot six at this point in his life, probably two hundred and sixty pounds. You know, the guy wow. Dustin Rhodes under that face paint is from Austin, Texas, like legitimately a cowboy, and just fights like John Wayne. It's amazing. Yes. It's amazing, and he know. But the thing is. He knows when to play the role. So he knows when to play a coward. He knows when to turn it on and just beat the hell out of you. It's it's amazing. Yeah, well, that makes him a good wrestler. Yeah. And a good performer. Yeah, exactly right. He's, he, knows, he knows how to push buttons. Yeah, and with a character like that, that's exactly what you're trying to do. Yes. You're trying to make the person uncomfortable enough to, like, slip up so that you can just run in and just fucking grab them and slam them against the ropes. Just... <laughs> Right. The idea is to the idea is to have your opponent beat before you even lock up. Mm-hmm. Right, and that's and that's one hundred percent Goldust's mo. And you know, we I don't think we're gonna get to see this in the in the the video feed that I that I sent you. But mm-hmm. prior to this match, Goldust sent Razor Ramon flowers. Oh my god! <laughs> and was like actively courting him, like sent him flowers and chocolate, and every time he did it. Uh, Razor was just like weirded out, but he kept saying like he's like no chico, like nah man that's not Razor's deal. But then he'd be like, well are you you, you know is Goldust getting inside your head? No chico. And then he gives him flowers and he fucking flips out. Oh yeah. And like ru- attacks Goldust in the in the hallway and is like beating the shit out of him, like essentially because he for homophobia, you know. Yes. It's not like Goldust w- at this point is like hiding in the shower trying to grope him. You know, Goldust no. is just is sending him flowers, and be- specifically because he knows it's messing with Razor. And right. he's, already me- he's already reached that breaking point. So when we're heading into this match, we know that the mind games have taken their toll on Razor. So whatever, whatever sort of advantage he might have, being a more established star, sort of having a, an advantage in experience and confidence, that's all out the window, because Goldust has his number mm-hmm. in his Toxic little black book. Toxic masculinity, man. Toxic masculinity, and Goldust <laughs> is weaponizing it. Oh, I love that. I love Goldust. I haven't even watched him wrestle. I'm I, so I'm so team Goldust. He's so he's so good. We're, we're, and uh, would you say you're ready? Would you say you're ready to, to get started? Yeah, I'm ready. Okay, so immediately we're seeing Goldust really leaning into this Hollywood thing with Shattered Dreams Productions. Yes, that's my favorite part already. 1996, and you can kind of see a little bit of uh, a little bit of his physical dominance here, throwing these these other wrestlers around. Also, I make a Gene Simmons. Yes. Yep. Very much kiss and kiss happening. And he had the he had the tongue wagging it out too. Tongue and the boa, very kiss. Yep. And. We're, we're sort of doing this slow pan across this darkened arena. It's very slow. It's very slow. And what do we have here? Oh, shit. A literal golden shower. Sorry, kids. <laughs> <laughs> That's a thing of beauty. 
right? And now this uh, this woman with him, uh, I don't think we saw her in that uh, in that promo. This is Marlena. Marlena is is Goldust's. It, normally we would say manager, but Goldust insisted that she was his director. Naturally, he's even got the films. He's, he's got the whole like gold Hollywood star. He's got the Walk of Fame. Yes. And of course, Marlena's chomping on that cigar. You know, yeah, Freud. It's not even a boa. Yeah. It's like feathery fucking robe. You know, Freud would say, uh, "Sometimes a cigar is just a cigar." But uh, when it shows up, when it shows up in the middle of this genderfuck pageantry, it ain't just a cigar. Let me tell you. And uh, if we could hear Goldust's theme song right now, it's sort of this uh, weird, creepy, sad, wistful almost synthesizer. Oh, see, I was thinking the Buffalo Bill song. Oh, Goodbye Horses? Yes. That's what's playing in my head as I'm watching this. You know, it's actually not too far off from Goodbye Horses. Yeah, I had a feeling. <laughs> so he's, uh, he's very slowly... He's, he's milking this, of course. Yeah, he's dramatic as fuck. Yep, and the, just... That's not a very big cigar. <laughs> oh, look at it. Just, okay. He's slowly... Uh, ah, the tongue. Yep. Showing the tongue there. Making the old face rubbing his body. Yeah. And there, I don't know if you saw, you got a chance to see his wrestling attire. Oh, yeah. But this is a full body, essentially, cat suit. Oh, yeah. May-ish cat suit. Yeah, again, very Adam West Batman, right? Oh, my God, that's great. It's ill-fitting, too. Yeah, well... <laughs> Can you really get a garment like that to fit super well? I mean, he doesn't necessarily have the physique to get, uh... He's got a little bit of a dad bod going on. He doesn't necessarily have the physique to, to pack into I a cat suit like that. beautiful plus-size drag queens in cat suits that fit better than that. Oh, God, the wig came off. The, wi- the wig came off, right? Oh. And now... Now it's like Uncle Fester in uncomfortable drag. Yeah, because... Now everything starts to get real uncomfortable because you're like, he takes the wig off and he takes the robe off and you're like, oh, this is a very large, scary man. Yes. <laughs> and it, the whole thing, it, at first you're like, ah, oh, this is kind of, this is, like you might be inclined, if you're Razor Ramon, you might be inclined to not take him seriously. And then you realize you're across the ring from a guy who's six foot six and you know with the shaved head all of a sudden yeah. the physical threat feels very real also this guy this is razor ramon is this what you were picturing when i when i said razor ramon and the sort of uh, scarface gimmick yeah i imagine him wearing pants though <laughs> uh gold dust <laughs> sure didn't yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah, their outfits are a little bit swapped more. Right? I expected him to be wearing more clothing than he is. But then again, a lot of professional wrestlers, especially in this era, did not wear a lot of clothing. No, a lot of a lot of short, short pants. Oh yeah. So you know, Razor seems to be playing it cool. Look at the the look on his face there. He's trying to act and like the mullet. Go- yeah, and the mullet. But he's trying to act like he's not he's not creeped out by gold dust. But we know right. we know that he is because of the flower incident that I that I that I told you about, and that was only like a week yes. before this. Now, did you mention? Did you notice that Marlena has this uh, like usher? Yes. What is that? He carries her her canvas director's chair. Oh, that's sweet. Yeah, but uh, that's another element of of sort of uh, Adam West Batman. Oh, absolutely. The the costumed henchman, and look at this. Gold Dust is working. Every second oh of this. Oh my god. He's literally just gonna like hump the mat in a second. Oh, there it goes. Yep, and there's a, there's that usher again. You know what else it's like? It's like when Pedity had that guy who held his umbrella, Farnsworth Bentley. <laughs> I don't know who that is, but uh, I, I now I'm Come overcome on. with wanting to see P. Diddy fight Batman. Yeah, P. Diddy made a thing. Maybe when it was called Puffy, even. Uh, he had a guy who carried an umbrella for him everywhere, and his name was Barnesworth Bentley. And he was in, like, a full three-piece suit, 
all the time. And he became his own little late 90s, early 2000s obsession a little bit. So yes, in summation, P. Diddy needs to fight Batman. <laughs> so this match is for the Intercontinental Championship. This is not... The, this is not the world title, it's not the main title, but it is pretty prestigious, uh, especially because Razor Ramon is one of the great intercontinental champions ever. So he's one of the guys most heavily associated with this championship. So to take it from him would be an even bigger deal than just winning it. Oh my God, he literally just groped his crotch. And yeah, his nipples he's, he's and feeling and himself, himself up. Gyrating. Literally, Nicki Minaj feeling myself. <laughs> and... And uh, Razor threw his uh, his toothpick at Goldust, and Goldust apparently dug it. Oh my god! <laughs> it's not the only toothpick that's going to be thrown at Goldust today. <laughs> I just have a feeling. So if there's not some humping that happens at some point directly on Razor's face. I'm going uh, to be very upset. I love that that little shooing him away motion yes. that Goldust just did. Oh, look at this! <laughs> but, You're right, he's playing coy and playing creepy and weird, but in a couple minutes, he's going to eat the shit out of this guy. Yeah, because they're the same size. Yeah. They're the, they're the same size, and there's nothing to suggest here that Goldust is lesser than Razor in any physical sense. Uh, Razor grabs the arm first. Mm-hmm. Gets him down. And he's... he's right, he's, he's wrenching that arm. And Goldust is doing a great job. You know, we're supposed to want Goldust to to lose this match. He's the villain. Oh, I don't. Right, but we're not. You're not the target audience here, right? I know. <laughs> well, you are for the show, but. Right, but not for the match itself. Right. So. We saw. We we just saw there that Goldust. Got out wrestled for a hot second. But he apparently really enjoyed it. But he really enjoyed it. And he's going to take a breather. And, you know, phallically massage the rope. Right. And there we go. <laughs> he, he He's grappling with... his boobs. Yeah, he grabbed it. He, he ran his hands across Razor's chest. And Razor freaked out about it. Which is, uh-huh. which is amazing because you literally, your job is to grapple with mostly naked men. And now he's mad that a guy, you know, touched him. Fully clothed guy. <laughs> yeah, a fully clothed guy. And, and he freaked out, like pointed at the referee, like, hey, do something about this. And the referee's like, uh, you signed up to wrestle him, bud. <laughs> right, what did you expect? He's wearing more clothing than you are. If anything, you asked for it. Right, and here we're getting an instant replay of Gold Dust sort of... Rubbing his titties. Yeah, grabbing him in a way that's not harmful. Not at all. Right? So, at this point, it's it's interesting because <laughs> you expect wrestlers to, to touch each other, but they're trying to hurt each other. And Gold Dust is right now destroying Razor Ramon by touching him in a way that's not Sensual. hurting him directly. <laughs> Right. So here's the question is, how do you fight a guy if you can't touch him without being uncomfortable? And that's the brilliance of this character. Right. Because every time you get close to Goldust, he's he could grab you. He could touch you. And if you think he might be turned on by that and that weirds you out, what is your move there? You don't have the choice to not grapple him. You have to pin him to the ground. That's the whole point of this. And again, I'd just like to point out that Gus is wearing far more clothing than Razor. Yep. Oh, and Razor smacks his ass. Why? No. What is? He has no idea how to respond to this. Okay. Oh, so, solid, solid punch. Solid punch to the face, and Goldust goes out to the floor. But, of course, everything that Goldust is doing is preventing Razor Ramon from building any momentum. Oh, yeah, no, it's a start-stop. Yep, and immediately... He's not going to do anything. Right, and he immediately hides behind Marlena. Ah, uh, that's what she's there for. And everything, his whole strategy is to keep Razor from, from building any momentum. So whatever he has to do... Just, 
he, his whole thing is getting back to square one. So whether he has to whether he has to grope him a little bit to get him to back off and get some breathing room, whether it's spill out to the floor, whether it's hide behind his director, Goldust has a million ways to regain control of this match and regain psychological control of this rivalry. That's fucking brilliant. Yeah, so he's frustrated now because he doesn't know how to deal with Goldust. He doesn't know how to intimidate Goldust. He's also frustrated because he doesn't he doesn't know how to make how to make Goldust wrestle this match like a regular person. Goldust is going to wrestle this match like a fucking weirdo because that's what he is. And a fucking weirdo. Right. So Razor can beat the shit out of him, but what does he do? He just rolls to the floor and hides. And hides. And again, Razor is so mad because once again he hides behind Marlena and look at that usher just standing there holding that seat waiting for her to sit back down right right and Goldust is cowering despite the fact that he's in no physical danger this is entire this is entirely fake cowardice oh god yeah he's playing the coward because he knows that it's pissing off Razor Ramon Yeah, one hundred percent. He's he's already won this match, sort of psychologically. Oh yeah, and I I'm willing to bet money wins it physically too. And he blows a kiss. Yeah. And you see, sort of the uh, a great visual too. The face paint is starting to come off because Razor has punched him a couple times. Well, yeah, and he's sweaty and rolling around. Like that's not going to stay on. Right. Ooh, and he finally he, Razor finally hits kind of a big move and, and clotheslines yeah. him out to the floor but I think it's interesting that Goldust uh, has that face paint on because it kind of reminds you as it wears on you remi- you're reminded that oh wait there's a giant scary man under that paint kind of symbolic you know oh yeah and I think that the outfit helps with that as well and the whole big and dicky <laughs> where it's it's kind of like I can pause for a second because I'm going to go on a mini rant yeah and he picked her up uh, yep he picked up he picked up Marlena and physically moved her out of the way and Goldust immediately takes charge of the situation hits him from you. behind and now Goldust is going to work on Razor and you see that the, the cowardice was all an act he he knows how to take this guy apart. He just wanted to do it as easily as possible, so he was waiting for a good opening. And that was it. Right. So he was in control psychologically. Now, for the first time, he's in control physically, and the match is 100% in his in his uh, in his corner at this point. Going up to the top rope, uncommon for a man of his size. Double axe handle to the back, and and Goldust is 100% in control. So at this point, he hit a bulldog. Uh, that that move that he just did is called a bulldog. Uh, it's called a bulldog because that's the name of a maneuver for taking down steer in a rodeo. Oh. Which you grab them by the horns, literally take the bull by the horns and drag them to the ground. So that bulldog takedown is sort of a, a reference to his his past as a cowboy oh, and sort of a roughneck brawler. And he, he just definitely grabbed and groped his crotch a little bit when he was picking him up. Yeah, yeah. And that's that's the <laughs> thing, too. That. There's, a lot of, there's a lot of unacknowledged crotch grabbing and groping in pro wrestling because a lot of times if you're going to pick a guy up, one of the best places to grab him is between the legs, just leverage-wise. Yep. And the fact that Goldust is doing that and bringing attention to it kind of makes all of wrestling seem a little bit gayer, which is great sort of subtextual ammunition for an audience that might already be uncomfortable with the idea of wrestling having a gay subtext. And Razor here is is fighting back, but Goldust is still in control. A neck breaker. So at this point, Razor is kind of unable to get out from underneath Goldust. Goldust has been in control ever since he... Oh, and now Goldust, do you see that was kind of rubbing the referee's head? Just kind of spreading yes. it around, spreading the love a little bit, make everybody uncomfortable? As he should. I feel like that's only fair. 
Yeah, after Razor picked up Marlena. Yeah, it's... Us, it's just been in this. Yeah, he's just... I also want him to win because the belt would go great with his outfit. Right. Of course it would. He he wants the gold. He needs that gold. There's a little bit of a little bit of gold finger in him too. Oh yeah. I think that was my reaction. He's like a cross between Goldfinger or Goldmember, and uh, old school Sharon Needles, the drag queen, and Buffalo Bill. Yeah, there's there, the three of them could somehow have a baby. <laughs> right. There's there are a lot of elements to uh, to Gold Dust. Okay, so right now he's trying to put he's trying to put Razor Ramon to sleep with this hold. So this is a uh, this is a sleeper hold. It's a blood choke. So what he's trying to do right here is limit the blood flow. He's he's closing off the carotid artery theoretically and causing Razor to pass out. Uh, it doesn't look like the best working. No. So a Razor's a, Razor's fighting back to his feet. That's kind of a traditional spot in wrestling. The the hero's about to falter, and then he hears the people chanting for him, and he gets back to his feet. But for some reason here... Oh. Oh, yeah, it's like a three-way sandwich, and then falls. <laughs> but you notice there, Razor kind of took a page out of Goldust's book there because he forced the referee into the corner, made the referee uncomfortable, yeah. and then, via distraction, kicked him in the dick. So, yeah. so he took a page from Goldust's book, and now our playing field is leveled again. And now the both can take a little nap. Yes, that's a, from a more logistical standpoint, yes, both guys can sort of rest. Yeah, the homosexual agenda, though, never sleeps. <laughs> uh, Goldust went for a very lazy pin attempt there and couldn't quite get it done. Right, which was the homosexual agenda reawakening. Right. And the homosexual agenda is reawakening just as Razor Ramon is reawakening here uh, with these rights and lefts. And he's kind of having his uh, heroic second wind. And he's uh, hits a big slam of his own. And he's. Uh, yeah, and he can't. Uh, Goldust isn't quite ready to give up the ghost just yet. I love so much that when Marlena stands up, that Usher just picks up the the chair and waits for her to sit back down. It's so fucking funny to me. It's okay. Oh. So oh and Goldust. Let's go for a second. It looked like Razor had his crop right in his face. Uh, you saw Goldust kind of poke him in the eyes. Oh. Oh shit. This is of of course. I wonder if there's any uh, any subtext to this that Goldust is has suffered a bunch of dick trauma in this match. Oh, that was intentional. So he just maimed Goldust's dick and then flipped him off the top rope, and Goldust is kind of uh, dead meat at this point. That's Razor kind oh, yeah, of sick. And in from the crowd runs one two three kid who is another one of Razor Ramon's rivals. Kicks him in the back of the head. Goldust has enough presence of mind to take advantage. And one, two, three, Goldust has won the championship from Razor Ramon. Hell yes. So, Goldust is the villain. We're both excited that Goldust won. But nobody in the, in the audience is excited that Goldust won. Everybody's very upset that Goldust won. And look at this. What is what is going on between these two? It's very weird. They're married in real life, by the way, or at least they were at the time. <laughs> well, it makes me feel a little better about it. Yeah, but their relationship has always been very weird. It's explicitly sexual, and nobody seems to know exactly how it works. <laughs> but it's very weird for everybody involved. But as you say, there's gold dust with the championship. I love it. And we can see here what subtextually what does Razor Ramon in? Being distracted. Mm-hmm. And what and what wins Goldust this match is being smart, waiting for the right opportunity, and taking it. And having Marlena there, because if the referee hadn't been checking on her for her quote unquote twisted ankle. 
then yeah. go, then Razor Ramon's other rivalry wouldn't have been able to spill uh, into the ring and win the, essentially win the match for Goldust. Yeah, interesting. He will exist for another man. Yeah. Yes, that's the end of our match. What what did you think of of this match? What did you think of Goldust as a wrestler? So there was a little bit more of the playing up of like the sissiness than I had hoped for, I guess. Yep. But I also understand completely why he did it and the method behind his madness. Yes. And I there was a lot less actual wrestling than there was more just theatrics. Right. So Which again is not necessarily surprising. And as someone who likes it for the theatrics, I don't necessarily mind. But I can <laughs> see how, you know, the hardcore dudes who watch this and are more razor fans are like, Where's the wrestler? Like, right. Exactly oh, right. All the dip touching. Right. Like, well, that's exactly right, because when the if you're trying to get fans to boo somebody, what do you what do you do? You have the person that they don't like take what they do want away from them. And what they wanted to see was Razor Ramon exert physical superiority over the weird gay guy and reassert, you know, traditional masculine values. And what they got was Goldust straight up refusing that narrative. And every time it looked like he was in danger, he took control of the situation, he rolled to the floor, he declined to wrestle this match in Razor Ramon's way, and also declined to give the fans what they wanted from the match. Which makes me love him even more. Right. So what, so what, so what we have here, you know, ultimately, is we have a champion that the fans don't want. We have him wrestling a match that they don't want to see, and we have him making these fans go home unsatisfied. He's doing his job so well here by not wrestling a match. Yeah. And he does, I mean, and you see the flashes of it. When he is forced to wrestle, he takes it to Razor Ramon. He beats the shit out of Razor Ramon. Oh, yeah, he's not some tiny, wimpy, scrawny dude. He's playing this up. And in all honesty, I'm not sure he's actually gay. I think it's all part of the character and the act and from what we talked about with, like, his dad and his brother and the whole thing. How are you going to stand out in a wrestling legacy family unless you do something totally off the walls? Right. Now, before this, I mentioned that he had a cowboy character. His father, the American Dream Dusty Rhodes, was a cowboy character, kind of. Uh, And he was the natural Dustin Rhodes. And he was basically, like, literally... A clone of his dad, like he's bigger than his dad and more athletic than his dad. But you know, Dusty Rhodes was famous for wearing cowboy boots in the ring, and he would wear black chunks, and he would wear, uh, you know, he had bleach blonde hair. And the natural Dustin Rhodes did the same fucking thing. He wore the same boots, he wore the same tights, he had the same blonde hair, but he didn't have. But he gave a shit. Yeah, and it was kind of like, oh, well, we already had this, and it was better, Dusty was better at being Dusty than Dustin was at being Dusty. So he became something that nobody else could be, and that was Goldust. Yeah, and that's what I think is important here. Well, I mean, I think the whole thing is important because I love him. But I think it's less of an actual, like, oh, he's a gay man, as it is that he's subverting the expectations and he's doing something that you will remember, even if it pisses you off, even if you're one of these very straight, you know, cisgender dudes who's like, I like wrestling and there's no gay subtext. Right. Like, you can't watch that match and not get it at least a little bit, even if it pisses you off. And I can't imagine that growing up and living in a family that's probably all about wrestling all of the time, if it's what your father did, what you do, what your brother does, that some part of you doesn't at one point go like, yeah, this is a bit homoerotic. I wonder if I could exploit this for my career. (laughs) Right. So, I mean, I think that's why Marlena is there, because it adds to that uncomfortableness when he, like, weirdly, not even make out, just, like, tongued at each other in front of us. Yeah. I, that's an excellent point. Goldust is, you know, that's the simplified version is, oh, he's a gay character. 
But Goldust is not gay. Goldust no. is just Goldust is is fucking the concept of gender in the middle of the ring. Like if if he knew that Razor Ramon was weirded out by pickles, he would slather himself in pickle juice. I love that you brought that up because on the most recent season of RuPaul's Drag Race, they have to do an episode where they did like a fake Maury like talk show. One of the queens was supposed to be terrified of pickles. <laughs> and that was the whole joke the, of like the legendary Maury moment. Exactly. The drag queens, Miss Cracker, who was my favorite and was fucking robbed. Um, <laughs> do you hear that? Robbed. Fucking robbed dressed up as a character named Dr. Dill <laughs> and had a pickle costume on Dr. Wait, a, a pickle-themed Dr. Phil? Yes. That's amazing. brilliant. I know. Dressed up as Dr. Dill, talking in the same way he does, which I can't do, so I'm not even going to try to talk like Dr. Phil. You I'm can't do Dr. Phil. I'll tell you right now, you just do it like this. That's your Dr. Phil. And also you got Hank Hill. Well, no, Hank's, uh, Hank's a little lower on the register and a little bit more, uh, I guess I'd say I'm aspirating. <laughs> I really just wanted to get you to do as many impressions as possible. That was my goal. That's exactly, that's what this show is. I do so many fucking impressions on this show and half of them are good. I Personally, I think without Gold Dust, there's no Stone Cold Steve Austin. There's no Rock. There's not even a Mankind, I don't think, and a Mick Foley. Because, you know, Mankind was kind of similar to the original version of Mankind. Not like, have a nice day. Like, <laughs> I wrote a best-selling memoir. <laughs> I love Christmas. Mr. Sacco. Like, that, that version of the character, became right. a, he became a teddy bear right quick. But the original version of the character was very scary. He was like this... He was terrifying. Yeah, he was this weird, kind of shrieking, hunchback monster who lived in the basement... And he had a nerve hold where he would put his fingers under your tongue. Yeah, that's yeah. what I remember watching with Jade and being like, oh my god, what is happening? Right, and then you miss a couple weeks and you come back and he's like, uh, he's like, hi everybody, I'm Mick Foley, I'm your, um, happy to be here in, uh, <laughs> <laughs> in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, thumbs up. But yeah, I don't I think, have... the original version of Mankind, I think, takes a cue from the original version of Goldust in a way. So do you have, uh, Nicole, do you have any other thoughts about Goldust? I love him. To go back to the Frank Converter analogy of earlier. So I wrote my master's thesis on the Rocky Horror Picture Show. Yes. Because I could. And I didn't want to write about boring books and bullshit. I wanted to write about Rocky Horror and feminist theory, gender theory. Anyway, one of my main points is that while Frank Converter is very sexual and overtly feminine and I mean you know the makeup those crazy fucking heels the lingerie the garters like he's done crazy feminine but you know immediately that's a dude yes there is no pretending in any realm even in Transylvania home of transsexuals and outdated terminology (laughs) that that is a woman Right. And that's kind of the gold dust thing. Right. Like, he's putting on all the trappings and the affectations. He's not There's passing. No mistaking. Right. This is a man. Right. He's not passing and he's not trying to pass. Not even close. He's, he's using the superficial trappings of femininity to make this straight guy uncomfortable so he could beat the shit out of him successfully. And that's what Frankenfurter did, except he did beat the shit out of Brad. But no. you know. Right. But oh. same, very very similar feelings yes. that I have now for Goldust that I had for Frankenfurter. Okay, so I have I have one other question for you, Nicole, and it's the question that I like to end every episode with. You probably okay. know it's coming since you allegedly listened to the other episode. Is it what would my wrestling name be? What would your wrestling character be? The homosexual agenda. The homosexual <laughs> agenda. <laughs> Because I, I really like, I really like the ring of Nicole, the homosexual agenda, more. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. Or Goldust's daughter. <laughs> the daughter of Goldust? The bride <laughs> of Goldust? Yes. 
Yes. Okay. Yes. I'm I'm 100% into this Bride of Frankenstein style. You have like instead of like the linen wrappings, you've got like gold lame. Oh my god. Wrappings. You've got your hair all sprayed up, and you could hide weapons in there. <gasps> yes. We might. I think I'm. We were kind of describing like Sigourney Weaver at the end of Ghostbusters. <laughs> yes. Yes. That look. That's it. Are you the gatekeeper? I'm the keymaster. <laughs> I'm the keymaster. Yeah. Vince Clorthal, keymaster of Zor. Zool. What the Zor? There's no Zor. Zool. Zool. And that was my Rick Moranis impression, everybody. <laughs> If you're waiting to see if I had that one in my back pocket, wonder no more. But I'll have you know the main reason that I decided to do a podcast is so that I could just do impression after impression after impression. B-plus impression after B-plus impression after B-plus impression. None of them are super convincing. Can't you do a Matthew Gray Googler? Can I do a Matthew Gray Googler? It's kind of more of a Dr. Spencer Reed than a Matthew Gray Googler. Um, They're the same person in my uh, mind. They're the same person. All you have to do is talk really fast and kind of draw at the end of your sentences. <laughs> so now the question is how many criminal mind impressions do I have oh. do I have a Joe Montaigne I guess I have a Joe Montaigne <laughs> I guess you do I don't know <laughs> see this is why I didn't even try actually I can do a pretty good Bob Dylan if I do say so myself oh, I gotta get nasal it's kind of like man it's kind of like this <laughs> Tangled up in gold. So what I'm going to do right now is I'm actually going to stop here. We're at about 27 minutes, and I'm going to start a second file. Okay. Um, um, I do not see the recording that we just made for 27 fucking minutes. No. Mm.